0: Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. In this episode, my ambition is to clear any doubts you may have about saturated fat. So welcome to episode 12. Uh, My name is Abhishek. I'm your host. It's just going to be me today. And hopefully in the future, we'll get more guests, but I haven't been very proactive about that. Um, I've been really enjoying actually just speaking on various issues and covering various nuances because... There's really, I mean, when we get health information, a lot of it is so concise, it just loses its uh, legitimacy in my mind. So we do really need to hash out a bunch of details. So in this episode, we're going to talk about saturated fat, uh, many of the different tangential arguments about saturated fat. Um, And uh, let me start off by saying this, Uh, oftentimes when people discuss any nutritional topic, medical topic, whatever, they focus just on that topic they just focus on the studies that show saturated fat's good or bad or both whatever we need to go way beyond that because there's a story behind the studies we need to understand where these studies are coming from whose interests are being supported or not supported that tells us a greater story of why we're even here thinking about what we're thinking about I mean why are we even thinking about saturated fat in the first place it's absolutely absurd we have no need to think about fatty acids in your foods. It's, it's, it's a narrative that wasn't ever designed to support your health. So let's start off with the first point here, which is that there is an industry, a $19.1 billion industry uh, that supports cholesterol-lowering medications. Now, saturated fat has been shown in uh, many studies to raise cholesterol compared to polyunsaturated fat so long time ago long long time ago like in the 60s 50s there were studies that came out where they gave people more soybean oil and compared this kind of diet to a diet with more milk fat butter fat fat from meats and what they found is that uh, yes cholesterol went down on the higher polyunsaturated fat diet Uh, what they failed to consistently show was that heart attack rates uh, incidents went down um that that's something that of course the American Heart Association would disagree with but um they 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 have the motivation to tell you that saturated fat raises cholesterol because that helps them sell statins that helps them sell this idea that lowering your cholesterol is going to be good for you um when it comes to cholesterol I do agree that if it gets too high that's not good Um, But for the typical healthy person uh, who eats a balanced diet, you know, if you start worrying excessively about cholesterol, um, you are definitely not going to enjoy your life as much as you can because this this fear has been put in your mind by this industry. $19.1 billion. That is more money than most people can even conceive of. It is an insane amount of money. And you can bet that it's going to drive, it's going to affect the narrative that's out there. Okay, second thing I want to talk about is outcomes versus risk factors. So a lot of people obsess over risk factors for disease, particle size, LDL, total to HDL cholesterol. There's a huge group of health nerds, especially in the paleo community and the vegan community that worry about these things. Uh, Vegans like to talk about how, oh, you know, eating meat raises cholesterol, therefore you're going to get a heart attack. Um, The studies don't really show that and we will talk about that in a little bit. But what we what's most important is what is that end outcome? How are people being affected by it? Total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, those all they ever were were risk factors that aided physicians in predicting heart disease. But that's the number one thing to worry about. So to suggest that because something raises cholesterol is definitely gonna cause heart disease, um, that's, not, that's not actually true. Um, so outcomes are what we care about. We care, we prioritize studies that look at saturated fat consumption and cardiovascular disease, not saturated fat and cholesterol because that leads to mechanistic, spurious arguments. A third point I wanna make is that uh, what, holistic nutrition, what is holistic health, what is holistic medicine? Holism is the idea that there are multiple working parts in any situation, and if we just study one of them, we won't get a picture of the full situation. So we need to evaluate all these working parts together. So in a food, when you eat food, uh, you're not actually eating saturated fatty acids. First of all, you're eating triglycerides. Triglyceride is a molecule where to a glycerol backbone, three individual fatty acids are attached and foods that contain more saturated fat will have more triglyceride where the dominant saturated fatty acid is uh, where, where the dominant fatty acids are saturated so when we talk about uh these types of things and we reduce food to saturated fat we're definitely not thinking holistically and this is uh this is important because our body works very holistically i mean a food doesn't just contain saturated fat Steak contains a lot of monounsaturated fat as well. Grass fed steak contains a ton of omega 3 polyunsaturated fats. So, when these things are combined together, uh, there might be a completely different effect on lipids, uh, health, blood vessel health, uh, cardiovascular health, and so on. Okay, point number four. So, um, I mentioned this already a little bit, but there were a lot of studies back in the day that tried to substitute. Uh, saturated fats in the diet with polyunsaturated fats in the diet. These were pretty crude studies. I'd say people weren't really health conscious on these diets. They were just given either soybean oil or a bunch of milk fat and certainly cholesterol levels did go up um, with saturated fat. However, a recent meta-analysis uh, we just cited in the blog looked at all these prospective cohort studies where PUFAs were su- uh, sa- uh, saturated fatty acids were substituted with PUFAs. And it failed to find a meaningful uh, reduction in cardiovascular events. Um, Some of you might be aware of the Minnesota Coronary Experiment, where not only did the substitution of PUFA fail to reduce cardiovascular events, it actually increased it. And because of these results, the study wasn't published for a while um, after after it was finished. Uh, And the reason was perhaps because it... Uh, conflicted with the narrative at the time, which was that saturated fats cause heart disease and cholesterol is a major problem. So number five, uh, I talked about reductionism. So let's talk about uh, the context here. There are numerous kinds of saturated fatty acids. Uh, Let's start with butyric acid. Butyric acid is a short chain saturated fatty acid found in butter. Now All saturated fats are classified as saturated because in the fatty acid chain, which is just a carbon chain with hydrogens attached to it, there are no double bonded carbons. So carbons are bonded via single bonds to each other and there are hydrogens around them on each side. Uh, So first of all, if you have no background in organic chemistry, you might be thinking, oh God, like chemical structures. I mean, this is how reductionist we are today. I mean, we're talking about a chemical structure in our food. I mean, that's that's absolutely insane, I think, in my opinion. We're so used to it now. So butyric acid is very short chain. Uh, in contrast, the most common saturated fat in meat and butter is palmitic acid, which is a 16-chain saturated fatty acid. Now, there's a huge difference in how short chain and medium chain and uh, long chain saturated fatty acids are absorbed. Uh, medium and short chain fatty acids are absorbed directly into our bloodstream via the portal venous system through the through the liver Um, other fats long chain fatty acids however are absorbed through the lymphatic system what does that mean Uh, not much Um, some people try to show that you know going since uh, medium chain fats go directly into the bloodstream they might help you burn fat more but I I really don't buy that at all I think uh, I think there are other mechanisms for it and there's no Uh, No reason to think that because something gets absorbed in your bloodstream faster, it's better. And actually, the more complex studies that go into the details more actually show us that when medium chain fats are combined with long chain fats or partially hydrolyzed fats, um, they also go through the lymphatic system as well. Um, This is probably why people who take MCT oil experience diarrhea, because it's just not natural for us to take um, a very high amount of uh, particular fatty acids at once. We're meant to take things kind of as a spectrum, as a balance, and thankfully nature, nature provides that. So when it comes to the chain length, there are studies that have looked at uh, whether or not palmitic acid or, or steric acid, which is 18 chain, um, or butyric acid or, or lauric acid or capric acid. Capric acid is 10, uh, 10 carbon saturated fatty acid have different effects on the cholesterol profile. So I talked about this in the YouTube video. Uh, If you haven't seen it, I'll summarize it here. But one study gave um, uh, 18 healthy premenopausal women either uh, myristic acid, palmitic acid, or steric acid um, at higher concentrations in the diet, 14% of, of total caloric intake. And what they found was that first of all, people did not digest these fats very well. Um, because they're synthetic, the body didn't really recognize them. The fecal excretion rate was above 5%, which, is, which basically means you have steatorrhea, which is diarrhea where you're pooping out fat. Now, uh, palmitic acid, however, did have a trend for increasing uh, cholesterol. Myristic acid, which is 14 chain, slightly increased total in LDL. Steric acid, significantly decreased total in LDL. Now, stearic acid, however, uh, was absorbed the least well. One subject absorbed, uh, excreted 33.5%, another subject excreted 29%, and for another subject, it was, um, uh, for five other subjects, it was 20%. And if we look at the graph, uh, we see that there was immense variation. Some people saw their cholesterol go up, some people saw it go way down. Uh, for palmitic acid some people saw it go way up Uh, it was all over the place so the conclusion is that it varies so anyone who says that saturated fat definitely raises your cholesterol first of all is not distinguishing distinguishing between the types of saturated fat and secondly has no idea that there is immense variation and there's many variables no one in this in these studies had extremely elevated levels of LDL um, definitely there were several people who for whom LDL rose above 100 uh, which is a cutoff that is important for uh, diagnosing you know heart disease or or classifying things into different categories Um, now another study compared head-to-head butter coconut oil and olive oil this was a really cool study it was a randomized single-blind controlled trial and uh, what it basically found is that butter, uh, all the fats were consumed for 50 grams a day. There were 30 people in each group. Butter significantly raised total and LDL cholesterol. Olive oil um, decreased it a little bit. And coconut oil increased total cholesterol but increased HDL more and decreased LDL more than olive oil. So based on pure numbers and very reductionist um, of numbers, uh, coconut oil was the best. However, the most interesting thing for me about this study was that butter decreased C-reactive protein. And few studies have found that C-reactive protein is actually a better predictor of heart disease and having heart attacks than LDL cholesterol. Now you gotta wonder why is there no drug for CRP? Why don't people talk about lowering CRP as much as they talk about lowering LDL and raising HDL? Well, it's because of the $19.1 billion cholesterol lowering industry, of course. Um, If they wanted to, they could probably make drugs that lower inflammation and improve um, cardiovascular outcomes. Uh, That would be great, Um, even though I would support diet and lifestyle measures to achieve that outcome. However, yeah, people just don't talk about it. Uh, one study that analyzed data from the Women's Health Study and looked at twenty-eight thousand, nearly twenty-eight thousand participants, basically concluded that although CRP was better, um, it might identify a different group. Some people, by having elevated LDL, increased their risk. Some people, by having elevated CRP, increased their risk. Um, it sounds like it, you know these are just predictors. It's not nothing set in stone here. So uh, th- there's just so many variables that affect people. And someone with elevated CRP might not get a heart attack. Someone with elevated LDL might not get a heart attack. And someone with low CRP might get a heart attack. Someone with low LDL might get a heart attack. So um, these are just very broad trends. And I really don't recommend that you worry about this unless you're a practitioner. Because it's not going to deconfuse you. It's not going to give you peace in making decisions about what kinds of food to eat? I mean, are we meant to think about cholesterol so much? Um, something I've been thinking about is this concept of, of stigma, right? So say you're perfectly healthy and you go to the doctor and they tell you, oh, your cholesterol is elevated. This can set, set a path for you where now you're worrying about stuff that you don't really need to worry about um, because you might've had low inflammation. You, your total to HDL ratio might be fine so it's important if especially if you're getting information on the internet that you realize that there are so many different factors that affect disease that affect health and if you get obsessed with one of them you might just go down the wrong path you might end up chasing your tail for a really long time and you're not really going to achieve health that way because health goes way beyond numbers numbers is just very reductionist so the last point i have here is that food contains a mix of of fatty acids so when it comes to red meat which is a food that is definitely put on the bad list bad food list by many organizations uh, people still seem to be in denial about this blatant fact but the most common fat in uh in red meat and pork beef and pork is oleic acid which is a monounsaturated fatty acid So if you eat steak, you're eating oleic acid, as well as palmitic acid, as well as stearic acid, which seems to be cholesterol neutral, maybe even lower cholesterol a little bit, even though it's not absorbable synthetically. Um, So I can't say for sure, but you're eating a mix of things. Further, grass-fed meat has 33% more uh, omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids which I don't think are harmful. A lot, of, a lot of Ray Peters think PUFAs are inherently harmful. That's their belief system. But I think when it comes in food, uh, I don't see how that's possible. So you're ingesting a broad range of compounds. So you have to remember, heart disease is a disease of circulation, of blood not going to the right place, of being blocked from flowing into your body. So when you talk about a a food like a grass-fed steak and uh, uh, harvesting an animal that is in harmony with nature i just don't see how eating that eating a moderate dose of that could affect your circulation when there's so many nutrients that promote circulation that promote um, the the health of your blood vessels and your red blood cells uh, such as iron vitamin b12 zinc it just the list goes on so when we just get get buried in this rabbit hole of saturated fat and cholesterol we really lose the bigger picture here and the big picture is much more elegant and and attractive than the dark dark rabbit holes of reductionism so i'd really recommend we get out of these rabbit hole type arguments and focus on the big picture um if we are to talk about science make sure we always understand the context the motivations of, of the scientific paper. And definitely uh, be careful about having strict belief systems. So that's all for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, let me know what you think, and uh, I'll catch you later.